0: Hello, everybody. Welcome uh, once again to uh, Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in our study, uh, now through the Old Testament, um, we've, been, uh, we've been working through the Bible together now over six years. Well, forever, but six years in this particular study. Uh, we did five years in the New Testament, a chapter at a time. We moved into the Old Testament. We are 48 chapters into Genesis, a little over a year in. The idea and the plan is to continue to work through the Old Testament together over the next 14 years. And uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm thinking, though, in my daily reading right now, I'm reading through Leviticus, and I'm thinking, yeah, some of those chapters we're going to have to combine. (laughs) So it may not take us all of 14 years, but it'll probably take us a big chunk, all right? Um, Why do we study it that way? Context. When you're you're reading and studying the Bible, um, context is very important so that you understand why things are there and, and how they fit and why they belong and um, so that the Scripture doesn't get twisted. Remember, one of the enemy's favorite tactics is to take Scripture out of context and twist it and make it seem to say something that is not saying. And so we we want to be on guard against that and the way that we do that is we study and we read and we we sort of understand how it flows together and what's going on in the process. Uh, in the book of Genesis, I've told you some things every week over the last 48 times that we've met so that when we're finished with Genesis, hopefully these things will, if nothing else has stuck, these things will stick with you. I've told you there's four main events, there's four main people, and there's one main theme. So th- that's what will be on the test that I'm not gonna give you. <laughs> but but uh, just so you know, and so we go over it again, the four main events <clears throat> happen in the first 11 chapters of Genesis, right? Creation and the fall and the flood and the tower of Babel main four events, first eleven chapters starting in Genesis 12 we pick up the story of four main people now don't think that those people in those first eleven chapters didn't count very significant people in there but now the, the remainder of Genesis is about four main people Abraham Isaac Jacob Joseph Abraham, Isaac and Jacob are the patriarchs, those three Uh, And Joseph was used mightily, and we've been looking at him lately, by God to sort of save uh, the the people and the nation of Israel and get them to a place where they could multiply and prosper. And and God will use that situation to fulfill the promises that He's made to them through Abraham and the covenants with him. And the main theme starts in Genesis 3.15, which is right after the fall. And I, I said that it begins what we what I like to refer to is what 's known as the crimson thread of redemption, and that thread leaves from that verse in Genesis three foot, uh, fifteen about being you know enmity between you and her offspring and all that other stuff, and it runs all the way through the Old Testament right to the cross where redemption takes place, and all of this stuff then can be tied together, you can watch this thread weaving its way through, and you can see God fulfilling his promise through it and the enemy trying to attack it and circumvent it and he can't do it. And that's all happening in the process. So all those things are in you from, um, from Genesis and what we've been looking at. Now we've spent th- the last considerable amount of weeks looking at the life of Joseph uh, and how God used um, situations to put Joseph in a place where he could prepare for the people of Israel um, when this big famine hits. And you remember, you know, Joseph's life, you know, his, his, uh, he was his father's favorite and his brothers hated him for it. And so when his brothers got a chance when Joseph was 17, they, they, they were going to kill him, but they threw him in a pit. And somebody said, well, let's not kill him. Let's make a few bucks off of him. they sold him into slavery. And then uh, he's put in charge of Potiphar's house. Um, and there he's falsely accused of trying to assault Potiphar's wife, and he's thrown in jail, so he goes and he gets, has, a, has a great sort of position, and now he's in prison. Um, in prison, the, the warden recognizes, you know, that there's blessing on him, and all of it. he's kind of running the jails, um, but he's in jail, and then um, he interprets dreams for two of the guys that are in jail, uh, One gets a good interpretation. They both got true interpretations, but one was favorable and one not so much, and they both came true. Pharaoh ultimately hears about this. Joseph interprets a dream for Pharaoh about the seven years of of lack and the seven years of plenty, and God um, supernaturally moves into that, and Pharaoh puts him in charge of everything other than Pharaoh. Basically, that's his position in Egypt. He's over everything but Pharaoh. And... um, Sure enough, the, fa- the famine took place and he, he put stuff, uh, the, no, the years of plenty took place and he gathered the grain and then the years of famine came, just as O'Dream said, and he's been, um, uh, he had enough in store and he is such a great administrator that in effect he has now, for Pharaoh's sake, Pharaoh owns everything, all the land, all the people, everything belongs to Pharaoh and uh, they've gotten them through or he will get them through this seven years. Um, at the, t- two years into the famine, the the family starts coming over for food, Joseph recognizes them, tests his brothers to see if they have repented, they have in fact changed, Um, he brings them to Egypt with Jacob finally this was just what happening in the last couple of chapters and they settle in the land of Goshen and um, they begin to flourish and I told you that they came in as about um, 70 people, they will leave 400 years later as 2 million people Um, so that's what happens in that process and then we're about to go into the exodus, they're gonna start the journey to the promised land which should have taken about two weeks and takes forty years because they're rebellious and anyway, none of us are ever rebellious you ever wonder how if your rebellion cost you forty years? (laughs) we get life forever but you never know okay, so that's where we're at, we're in Genesis 48 in a moment I, I thought, you know, I wanted to look at some parallels, I thought this was kind of interesting because now we've, we've gotten most of Joseph's life in there. There's a lot of parallels between Joseph and Jesus. And, um, and so just so you can sort of be thinking about them because it's done this way on purpose. So um, both of their fathers loved them dearly. Um, they were shepherds of their father's sheep. They were sent by their father to brothers. Um, they were hated by their brothers. Others plotted to harm them. Um, They were both taken to Egypt. They both had their robes taken from them. They were both sold for the price of a slave. They were both bound in chains. They were both falsely accused. They were both placed with two other prisoners one who was saved and the other who was lost. Both of them were 30 years old when they started their public sort of ministry. Um, they were exalted after their suffering. They forgave those who wronged them. They did in fact save their nation. And what people did to hurt them, God turned to good. So there's a lot of these pictures of Jesus, Jesus in Joseph's life. And if you've never connected some of those things, that's what's taking place with that whole process. Okay, so um, I'm about to read you verse uh, chapter 48, but here's what's happening. Uh, Jacob is, he knows he's, he's bedridden now, he's, he's on his deathbed, he's, he's about to go. He knows this, and he wants to bring Joseph in and um, just sort of straighten some things out in a good way. Um, and if you remember now the, the patriarchs, Abraham, when he was nearing death, um, he wanted to find a, a wife for Isaac so that he could transfer to him the blessing of the covenant. That was important to him. When Isaac thought he was gonna die. Isaac, you know, was kind of a mess. He wanted to eat his favorite meal and then bless his favorite son who was not God's choice to bear the covenant blessing. Um, Jacob's concern now is to bless Joseph who ha- he has sort of put in the role of firstborn because the original firstborn son was, was not, not worthy of the job. And uh, he's also gonna take Joseph's two sons that he's had and add them to his own and make them sons of Israel, sort of adopting them, and you will, and you'll see them then throughout the history of the tribes as being a part of the tribes, even though they were born to Joseph and not to Jacob. And so we see it's, again, it's important. um, It's good to see these guys finishing well, because Jacob's had some of his moment, like all of us. You know, I've told you all along, I I love the Old Testament guys and and, and, uh, folks because they all mess up and yet when we look at them through the lens of the New Testament they're, they're the heroes of the faith. That has to do with the way God sees us in Christ it's very cool. Okay, so let's read um, verses 48 sorry, pardon me, chapter 48, 22 verses, really not very long, that's why you got a long preamble. Verse 1, sometime, I'm reading out of the NIV whatever version you use is fine. Sometime later, Joseph was told your father is ill. So he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, along with him. When Jacob was old, I was told, Your son Joseph has come to you. Israel rallied his strength and sat up on the bed. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan, and there he blessed me and said to me, I am going to make you fruitful and will increase your numbers. I will make you a community of peoples, and I will give this land as an everlasting possession to your descendants after you. Now then, your two sons born to you in Egypt before I came to you here will be reckoned as mine. Ephraim and Manasseh will be mine, just as Reuben and Simeon are mine. Any children born to you after them will be yours. In the territory they inherit, they will be reckoned under the names of their brothers. As I was returning from Paddan to my sorrow, Rachel died in the land of Canaan while we were still on the way, a little distance from Ephrath. So I buried her there beside the road to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. When Israel saw the sons of Joseph, he asked, Who are these? They are the sons God has given me here, Joseph said to his father. Then Israel said, Bring them to me so I may bless them. Now Israel's eyes were failing because of old age, and he could hardly see. So Joseph brought his sons close to him, and his father kissed them and embraced them. Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again, and now God has allowed me to see your children too. Then Joseph removed them from Israel's knees and bowed down with his face to the ground. And Joseph took both of them, Ephraim on his right toward Israel's left hand and Manasseh on his left towards Israel's right hand and brought them close to him. But Israel reached out his right hand and put it on Ephraim's head, though he was the younger, and crossing his arms he put his left hand on Manasseh's head, even though Manasseh was the firstborn. And then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, The angel who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they be called by name and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and may they increase greatly upon the earth. When Joseph saw his father placing his right hand on Ephraim's head, he was displeased. So he took hold of his father's hand to move it from Ephraim's to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to him, No, my father, this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He too will become a people. And he too will become great. Nevertheless, his younger brother will be greater than he. And his descendants will become a group of nations. He blessed them that day and said, In your name will Israel pronounce this blessing. May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. So he put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, I am about to die, but God will be with you and take you back to the land of your fathers. And to you as one who is over your brothers, I give the ridge of land I took from the Amorites with my sword. And my bow, and blessed be the word of the Lord. All right, so kind of interesting. You know, passing on the blessings a big deal, right? We've been talking about that for a long time, so that's going to come into play here. Um, so Jacob, as I said, he's uh, he's in bed. He's he's nearing the end. Um, his sight's failing, uh, and and yet when when uh, so he wants to see Joseph. When Joseph shows up, um, Jacob gets the strength up, and he sits up in the bed. Uh, and sort of sits on the side of his bed so he can talk with his son about very important matters and um, it's, it's great, you know, you can see change now in Jacob too because um, in the past he's sort of talked about how difficult everything has been along the journey but this time he really speaks about all the things that God has done for him and what that looks like, so he's obviously sort of been, you know, reviewing the experiences of his pilgrimage with God and uh, You know, he he sort of goes over and highlights, you know, the promises that God gave him at Bethel. Um, He talks about losing Rachel, who was his beloved, uh, and uh, who was also Joseph's mother. And um, uh, Jacob, you know, assures Joseph that God will multiply their number, and that one day he'll take them out of Egypt into their inheritance in the land of Canaan. So he's, you know, seen all this stuff at work, and he's telling Joseph, this is what's going to happen, so keep plugging on. And that Joseph's two sons... Manasseh and Ephraim would have an inheritance in that land, because in effect, what was happening? Their grandfather was adopting them. So he says, "These two are going to be known as mine. Any more that you have, they'll be known as yours. These two are mine." And um, uh, so, so what's happened now? So, so Joseph has sort of replaced Reuben as the firstborn because Reuben had some some issues, and. Um, Simeon and Levi, if you look, they had issues too. So these two are going to replace them. He sort of takes these problem sort of um, situations um, into a different situation. Um, And the Levites, if you remember, aren't given an inheritance in the promised land. They're given cities scattered throughout because of who they are. But it it, it impacts all this stuff. It's amazing how it's all tied together. And um, Simeon is actually absorbed into the tribe of Judah. And so that's sort of what happens in that way, and so it was, um, you know, it was the way that they acted in, back in Genesis 34, the violence they did, at the remember the whole deceit thing where the they were sort of taking up for the honor of their sister, but deceived all those people, had them circumcised, and then when they couldn't defend themselves, they walked in and killed them all. So um, that was sort of that falling out. Now and they're they're being sort of replaced. So. And he gives him this blessing, and it says, you know, Joseph was bowed down to the ground, so he probably wasn't watching right away, and, um, and Jacob knows what he's doing, and he's, instead of putting, you know, what you would think he would do, the two boys on the side of the bed, he's going to put the, the, the right hand on the, on the favored one, the, the older one, and the, the left hand on the other, and, and so Joseph has them in position to get the blessing, and he does this, right hand, and then he gets the other hand over here. Joseph when he eventually wakes up and not wakes up but looks up and sees it um you know that's the first time that we are recorded all the stuff that's happened to Joseph if it's our first time it says Joseph was displeased so um that's pretty you think about you didn't say that when he was tossed into the pit sold into slavery falsely accused stuck in prison um forgot about in prison you know uh, now now he's displeased because his blessing is a huge deal, and there's been a pattern um, in Genesis that this this reversal of birth order takes place. Um, so God chose Abel not Cain, He chose Isaac not Ishmael, He chose Jacob not Esau, He's now chosen Joseph instead of Reuben, and now He's going to choose Ephraim over Manasseh, and, and uh, and, and yet, even though Joseph says something, Jacob says, no, this is what God wants. And, and, um, and so he, he blesses the children in that way. And people go, well, what's the big deal? Um, you know, part of it is God moves sovereignly and he, he gets people in where he needs them to. Um, but also, we're gonna deal with the second Adam is gonna come and do what the first Adam couldn't. Um, Jesus is referred to in the scripture as the second Adam. And, and uh, the, the first Adam representing all of us messes up. The second Adam comes and straightens it all out for those of us who believe, and it's a pretty significant deal. And so there's some of that in the mix uh, in the process. As, um, as God blesses, as Jacob blesses Joseph's sons, um, he's also blessing Joseph. Um, and then these Ephraim and Manasseh are going to be strong leaders in Israel um, Jacob, you know, gives all the glory to God uh, in the process And, uh, and then um, in, in those last couple of verses, 21 and 22 he, he, um, Jacob really shares his wealth with Joseph um, Not that Joseph probably needed it Because Joseph was doing pretty well for himself um, In the whole deal of sort of being the second in charge in, in uh, Egypt but um, he gets this piece of land that Jacob had taken in battle from the Amorites. And um, this is sort of the only evidence we have that Jacob was in fact a, uh, an accomplished warrior. And um, uh, uh, this, this area this area that he gets is where um, Jesus would meet the woman at the well is in this particular area that, that Joseph um, gets from Jacob. And... Uh, so, so those things all happen in the process and that's kind of the big stuff in this chapter so um, you know I think if, if you take some time because we're, we're going to run out of Genesis pretty quick and things are going to happen quickly over the last two chapters but um, you know if you get a chance think about these, these parallels between the life of Joseph and the life of Jesus and what that means and how significant they are and, and um, how you know there's a lot of things in the Old Testament that are types of what we see in Christ in the New Testament. And that, that's another one of them, those parallels. So I think that's good for the chapter. Uh, we'll have a nice early night tonight. So if you're watching by video, thank you for watching. Appreciate you doing that. Love for you to visit when you can. Um, and uh, we'll call it a day.